G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Vision 180. Live different. Different. We're joined by Joel Smallbone. He's one of the brothers who makes up for King and Country. Joel, it is such a pleasure to be speaking with you. How are you doing? I'm um, I'm doing quite well. It is uh, full on Christmas season here in the United States. It is the snow on the trees and on the ground and, and the whole thing. At least it was yesterday. And I, I have to say, I love it. I love I love it. Northern Hemispherean Christmas. But how? How are you all down there now? That's the real question. Oh, we've got the complete opposite here. It is like we're heading into summer, so it's like we've had a few 30-degree days and it's stinking hot, so I'm super jealous of your snow. <laughs> well, it always blew my mind as a kid, right, to, that, that we would we sort of adopted all the Northern Hemispherean um, uh, songs and traditions, <laughs> and yet they make no sense. Um, you know, in Australia or in New Zealand, where it's like we're in the dead center of summer, you know. But yeah, you got Frosty the Snowman, and I'm dreaming of a white Christmas. It's like it's true. Let it snow. Let it snow. <laughs> it's so true. Oh yeah. What is this? I know. You guys need to write some Aussie Christmas songs. There's no good ones around. I'll work on it. Next record, next record. Next. Just for us Aussies. <laughs> you guys have done, like, seriously, you've done so well with your first Billboard Music Award and Dove Awards. Like, how does it feel? Well, you have to, I feel like, put all of these special moments in the context of a really difficult year for the globe, right? Um, economically, health-wise, socially, politically, racially, I mean, you name it, particularly in the States, but around the world, we've all been hit with it. And the arts community has severely suffered um, with live performances globally being sort of robbed. And, and, um, and again, I, you know, I completely understand the why, but it's really been really hard to look around and see there's such great loss for such good people in this town and, and, and around the world that have, have suffered um, severely as artists and lost livelihoods and being able to provide for their family. And so I, I feel there's a very real thing called survivor's remorse where I've had to battle with these moments of feeling with the, with the awards and, and, and some of these moments this year and going, I don't know. It just puts everything in a different context. I mean, you still have the gratitude. Don't get me wrong, and and you still have the the uh, you know the sweet moments with your team because it is such a team effort. But it it's a somber it's a somber moment um, to receive these sorts of things when there's so much uh, hardship going on in the musical global community. Yeah, that's pretty brutal. Um, well, congrats, guys. I think you deserve it, even even amongst all of the crazy. Like, you've, you've done such a great job and you've put in so much hard work. So, you deserve the win. Mm, well, thank you, dear. It was, 
I'll tell you this particular about the Dove Awards over here. You know, my our sister's been a musician for many years. My brother and I have been working together for eight years now. And and um, as a family, we'd never received the the Artist of the Year award, um, which was really kind of touching. Again, in in the in the particular in the, in the circumstances, to be recognised in that regard uh, this year of all years was was really unique and and special for us. Now, you were saying that you've been working together for eight years and I heard this Christmas album you're bringing or you've already brought out is eight years in the making. Why Why did it take so long to bring it out? <laughs> well, so we, I say eight years. We've been working together indirectly for longer than that, but the band has officially been around for eight years. And I think there's a part of it that when we set out to work on um, we released our first record in 2012 and work on touring it and all the rest of it, that we were just so zealous that, that we thought, you know, we'll just do a Christmas tour. And, and now we had no Christmas single and no Christmas album, or <laughs> like no rights to a Christmas record. So we'll just do one. And, and just we shoved ourselves in an old factory for two days and, and came up with, did these rehearsals and came up with renditions of classic Christmas songs. One of them wow. was Little Drummer Boy. And it really, it was such a, pivotal moment in the band because you're just you know hand to mouth just getting by but that mm. Christmas tour um, when we played that song and that version for the first time it really shaped us um, at, musically not just at Christmas time but as a, as a band and so since then we've done Christmas singles and a live Christmas record but we've never done our kind of full length album until today and i think honestly part of it was just timing it was we, we released three records now and we kind of look like that maybe the monkey of are we going to make it as a band the monkey on our back had, had sort of jumped off for a moment and we <laughs> it afforded us the time to go you know what we could we could really lean in the other thing we didn't want to do is like if we did a christmas record we wanted to do it due diligence and really yeah. dig in deep. Like it's such a beautiful, nostalgic, powerful time, particularly in 2020, you know, like yeah. this Christmas, I believe is going to be unlike any we've ever experienced because of the year that we've had. And so uh, this year created, you know, fortunately and unfortunately with us not traveling, it created enough margin for us to really take it seriously and, and dig in deep. Mm, it's such a good year. Like if you're going to bring out a Christmas album, this is the year to bring out a Christmas album. So you've timed it really, really well. Well, thank you, dear. It's, it's always a weird one in America because you're working on a Christmas record in the middle of the summer. You know, so I, I know, guess yeah, Australians, true. it's appropriate because it's like, well, this is what we grew up with. But uh, it, it's an odd one to be, you know, singing Silent Night in June. It is weird. It is weird. Like we were in Canada for about three years and like I've grown up in Australia, but I got used to like the snow being Christmas. And then when we came back to Australia, I was like, this doesn't feel like Christmas. It's it's really weird. It's like you get used to it really quickly. And I'm loving, I'm loving your little drummer boy version. It's so, so good. I'm going to play a little snippet for everyone. Now, that was kind of like your first big release. Is there a reason why Drummer Boy was the first one you released? Did you have like a connection to that song in particular or how did that come about? Well, going back to 2012, that was one of the songs that we came up with in that warehouse 
in that providential, bizarre two days of Christmas rehearsals. And and it has just, honestly, it's just sort of followed us around since. You know, we've performed it on national television over here and it, the live video went viral on Facebook and had hundreds of thousands of shares and millions <laughs> and millions of views. And, and so we sort of thought, well, this is something. And people request it all year round from us. You know, like, are oh, you going to play yeah. Boy? It's like, well, guys, it's a Christmas song. I mean, and you know you made it, Mel, when I had the other day, uh, we have the TSA agent over here that are the security chaps at the, at the airport. And, and this yeah. TSA security guy was like scanning my laptop, looked at me and, and sort of said, hey, you're the little drummer boy guy, right? And I was like, oh, well, oh I suppose I am. That's what you're known for now. Like, forget all your other songs. <laughs> and so... In the end, um, that that was why it became the namesake of the record, and and we did a, this time around an official music video for it. And it was because we've always resonated with the sentiment of the song, but it, it just felt like this was this song had sort of dubbed us, it given us responsibility to continue to uh, steward it, and so we took that. And oh my gosh, Phoenix is so adorable in the film clip. He is so cute. Did you have like a a proud uncle moment? (laughs) Like your whole family working together. That's so cool. No, yeah. So proud uncle. I'm actually godfather as well. So proud godfather. And and frankly, we were a bit nervous because we shot it in reverse order. So that kind of culmination moment in Jerusalem. We shot the first night, and so you can imagine it's he's a five year old, it's, it's 1 a.m. You've got the other band guys there banging on other drums, and, and it's loud and it's dark and it's cold, and there's a bunch of people around, and it really frightened him. It disorientated him the first night so much so that we were like, oh, you know, I don't know if he's gonna be able to do it. And and yet, he just pulled through valiantly, and it was a three day shoot for that five minutes of footage. Oh, my goodness. Um, but he, he just rose to the occasion and really was, was about as good as you could possibly ask. Whether or not he was your godson or, or in Luke's case, his son, it was like he just, everything from the look to the, to, to the playing, really, to walking, to the swag, like he just nailed the, the, the depiction of what the drummer boy should be. And so we were... Yeah, we, we were pretty flabbergasted at how fortunate we were and frightened in hindsight by how much we'd put on his shoulders because he's really the star of the show. Yeah, he did pretty well for a five-year-old. I saw a behind-the-scenes um, shot of um, Luke was saying, oh, he kept smiling at the camera. We had to get him to stop smiling. Yeah, no, Luke literally said to him, hey, man, you got to like make a serious face. And that was all he needed. Aww. And from that moment on, he had this sort of very serious, stern look on his face. <laughs> He's so cute. And how did it go, like, through COVID? Because you obviously had to record the whole album when you can't travel. And, like, how did it go recording? Did you have people all over the country? Well, uh, we're all based in Nashville. Unfortunately, we found a studio that we were right in the middle of quarantine. So we found a studio that we could sort of divide and conquer. So we split into different rooms and mm-hmm. stayed distant. Um, but it didn't end there. We, then we sort of piped the, the whole record over to Copenhagen. Um, and we, it, the strings were tracked over there by an incredible illustrator, orchestrator named Davida. And then it sort of bounced from there over to, 
to, to Los Angeles for, for some of the horn. Wow. And then it bounced back to Nashville for the gospel and the liturgical choir and then over wow. to London for the mixing. And then I think it ended up in New York for the mastering. So it, it had almost become an international record. We were sad we couldn't get it down to Australia, but, but it was almost, it almost become an international record before uh, it was even released, you know, which was sort of fun. So at what point do you hear it? Like, do they keep sending it back to you, going, okay, cool, we've added the horns now, what do you think of this? Or do you kind of just wait till it's ready to be mastered and then you hear this is what it sounds like? Yeah, in that case, you end up becoming a bit of a curator, you know. So you, you, you have your – we started in our own, you know, in Nashville sort of setting the palette really clearly. And then we were in pretty close communication with the with the chap that did all the strings on it, and and and, and there was so there was some adjustments there. And, but you just kind of keep your eye on it, and you end up, you know, I really love this, or but the storyline of the record and the thought process of it. It's a really a it's a it's a concept album. Really, it has this the first half is this kind of advent moment, and then the second half is the um, sort of celebration moment as you come out of that. Wow, that's so cool. And I know you don't have too much time, so I'll quickly just cover your new single, Heavenly Host. Can you tell us a little bit about that one as well? Yeah, well, I have to say, massively daunting task. <laughs> I bet. Um, to, to write a Christmas song, right? Because yeah. you're, you're up against some of the great songs of all time, you know, some of the most nostalgic songs of all time. And so to think that you could kind of pen this song that could end beside them and, and, and hold its own is, is, is very audacious. But what we did with both that, and there was one other original called The Carol of Joseph, was that we set out and said, hey, what, what are some of the unsung heroes of, of this biblical story? And, and we believe that the shepherds, now they've been sort of, they've become a bit more nostalgic and in the modern era and whatnot, but the shepherds are fascinating because they're really in many ways were the low lives of the day. You know, they worked overnight, they slept through the day, they probably didn't have much of a social life, and they were out in the elements, and it was very hard, it was very dangerous. And for this kind of host of angels, for the first public proclamation that Jesus Christ, that God was coming to earth, to be to these, for all intents and purposes, low lives, was just such a beautiful upside down way to do it. And, and so we really drilled deep into like, what was their psychology and, and, and what were they feeling that night? Um, when this magical moment happened and, 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 and Jesus came to earth and they saw this incredible heavenly host above them. And so it, it, it came about in a strange way in that Luke was working in his yard when he started singing this tune and a musical director, they just basically toggled back and forth with voice memos. But the heart of it and the spirit of it was always very um, clear that it was going to be about these, these shepherds. Um, and their interaction with this, this this heavenly host. I love that. It really brings the song to life when you know like the background of it. That, that's really cool. Mm. And quickly, what's next for you guys in 2021? Any plans 
to do new music or tour potentially if we're well, allowed to? <laughs> yeah. First things first, Luke is going to um, Luke and well his wife Courtney more specifically is, is going to give birth to their uh, fourth child yes, in January. Yes, that's so exciting. So there's yeah, so we're going to push pause for a minute and sort of celebrate that and, and settle into that. Um, and then, I, you know, I really feel, Mel, that there's a big turning of the page in the on the world stage for musicians in that medical workers are exhausted, therapists are exhausted, world leaders are exhausted, pastors are exhausted. And it's now in the kind of, as we get these vaccines and we get this sort of pandemic under control, I do believe it's the duty of the artist community to help piece back together and heal, help heal the globe. And and so that will be part of the conversation going into 2021 is how can we be a part of creating unity and, and healing after such a tumultuous 2020? Yeah, that's a big responsibility. Yeah, and look, we're a cog in the wheel, right? It, I think there's a bigger, hmm. there's a bigger um, story, and 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 a load of people that need to contribute to it. But we take, we try and take our part, our small part, very seriously. Hmm. Well, we're looking forward to that, and we're looking forward to whatever whatever you put your hands to is, is amazing. So thank you so much, and Joel, you've been so generous with your time. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely, Mel. Thank you for all the. The thoughtful questions. We'll, we'll look forward to talking to you soon. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.